Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. We exist to lead people to the abundant life in Christ. For a great way to stay connected throughout the week, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we know victory is in this room because you're in this room that you conquered, you overcame, that you are victorious, that you are seated in power and you are seated in victory. And today you've called us to be overcomers. You've called us to be more than conquerors in your name. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give Jesus some praise in the room. So good to see you. High five a neighbor. Say welcome to church. You guys can be seated. So glad you're here. And we started a collection last week called Living Stone. And I want to get into the Word of God today. Anybody got your heart open, ready to receive God's Word today? 1 Peter chapter 2. And we're going to be reading verses 4 through 10. I want to talk about and identify the purpose of the church. And I want to talk about our purpose in the world. And I want to talk about the moment that we're in. How many of you know that this is a historic moment? How many of you know that this is our moment? This is the moment God has us on the earth and he put us here with purpose. And I I want to, we've been in a collection just talking about the house of God and last week we talked about this house is alive and I want to go back to first Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 10 Peter says this as you come to him a living stone rejected by men but in the sight of God chosen and precious you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, they stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. But you, you are a chosen race, you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and once you were not a people but now but now you are God's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy I want to preach a message today called building blocks and just look at your neighbor and tell him you're, you're a building block Look at your other neighbor and say, you look sturdy. (laughs) Ma'am, you look like a sturdy woman, sir. You 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 look sturdy. When I was, when I was 16, because of my superior intellect and my incredible skill, I was promoted to be the shift leader at the Little Caesars pizza place that I worked at. Thank you. 
I made 25 cents an hour more than all the other peons. The commoners, I like to call them. 25 cents an hour, I was killing it. And when I got hired, the the owner, the franchisee, I don't know what they do, but he told me there was this plastic bin and he said, all the, all the breadsticks that go stale, you know, we'd make them and they'd sit out. And he's like, I want you to throw those in that bin. And then any of the, sometimes the dough would get messed up and we would, he's like, I want you to still cook it. Don't throw it in the trash. I want you to cook it and then throw it in that bin. And I, I did that. I don't know how long I did that. And I had no idea. I just threw everything in that bin and was just performing the task. And it was like extra work to do it. Like didn't really even think why we couldn't just throw it away, why it went in the bin. And then one time a, a, a manager told me uh, that what we were doing was the owner owned a bull, like a, a bull, kind of like a cow with horns. Uh, and he took the bread and fed it to the bull. I was sorely disappointed by this information. I thought I was doing an important task related to my job. I did not know that I was just doing a personal favor for somebody who didn't ask me for a personal favor. It was traumatic. I was disturbed in my soul by this occurrence. And it was so funny how I had always done that, but just a little bit of information about why I was doing it brought a whole new revelation to what was going on. How many of you know just a little bit of information can bring a whole lot of revelation? And this is, Peter was probably thinking of that story when he wrote this passage. (laughs) He is wanting to connect for his audience and by the Holy Spirit, us today, with the information that'll give us some understanding on why we're here in this room. Beyond that, why we're here on this earth. He's wanting to connect to them that they are, the, they are the church of Jesus Christ. They are the house of God. The, the meaning behind the things that they're doing, what they're walking through and what they're going through. And he begins to write to them. We talked about it last week. He begins to call them pilgrims of the dispersion because for them, it felt like there was no place for them in the world. And I think for a lot of people, they have this sense, like I think in general, if you're a believer in Jesus, it's, you, you feel the reality of there is no place for me in this world. Like it's, it's the children and the pilgrims of dispersion. And you're dispersed today. Like you're, you, you, you have no place in society because believing the truth of God's word will disperse you from the world. Like just, just the simplicity of believing the Bible is the word of God and it is the truth. Do you know what that does today? That means there is no place for you in the world. That means you are dispersed from most of the societies of the world. Believing, if you believe that we should champion and protect the life of the unborn, that puts you as part of the dispersion. You're, you're no longer in the, the places that get accepted. You're now out of acceptance in society, but I believe that we should champion and protect the life of the unborn. If, if, you, if, you, if you believe that we should protect the identity of children and the purity of children by teaching them 
that God created them to be male and female, and he didn't make a mistake when he made them that way, that they're made in the image of God. And it's, you know, we clap in here, but we are children of dispersion in our, so, in our society, in our culture. If you believe, like simple things, like, like God's idea of family is, is a mom and a dad raising children together, that that's God's plan. And I, I realize, I want to say that gently because I realize that's not everybody's reality and so much of that isn't people's fault. Life has happened. And, and if, if that's not your reality, there's not a mom and a dad raising kids, I just want to tell you, I believe we serve a God that can fill all the gaps and that you've got a church family that's going to help fill gaps in your life. And there's... There's no, there's no judgment or condemnation on that, but we do have to understand that God has a really simple plan, and that is for a man and a woman to get married and raise kids together, and today, increasingly, what was acceptable has now been created this dispersion of, like, there's no place for me in this world. And that's because the, the world's operating system and the kingdom of God's operating system are two different operating systems. Like we're not running the same programs. The, and the world is Windows, the church is Mac. Just a way better way of doing things. Like that's <laughs> but if you have a kingdom operating system, like the word of God is, is the truth then it means that you're out of sync with the world's way of doing things. And Peter is writing to people who are experiencing this oil and, and water moment. And by the way, it's always been the case. This has always been there. It's, ne- it's, it's always been this way. It's just there's moments in time where it's more obvious than other times. And we're in one of those moments where it's like, hey, there is a big difference between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. Like there, there, there's not a lot of overlap. And Peter is wanting to write to them to give them the information that can open up their understanding. Like you, you're walking through this moment, but I want to give you some information so you don't have a misunderstanding about what you're walking through and right now you're being displaced and right now you're being put out and right now your lives are being interrupted and right now it feels like there is no place for you but don't confuse your displacement and what he's saying to them is what I feel like I want to say to the church today and that is we are not losing ground we are just simply gaining identity that 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 we're not losing ground that being clearly, being clearly put out of the world, it doesn't mean that the church has somehow lost footing or lost territory. That's not what that means. You know what it means? We're not losing ground. We're just gaining clarity in our identity because it's crisis that creates clarity. When you go through a crisis, all of a sudden things that don't matter just simply don't matter and you key in on what really matters. It's trials that clarify and purify what really matters in your life and what Peter is right to them and what I want this collection to do for us, for our church and for anybody that will listen is I want it to clarify that you are a building block in the house of God, that you are a building block in a spiritual house, that what matters isn't your acceptance in the world, what matters is your acceptance into the kingdom of God, what matters is your acceptance into the plans and purposes of God and what matters isn't protecting your place in the world, what matters is protecting your place in the house of God, that's what really matters. 
And I love this statement. I use it a lot. Small tweaks take you to giant peaks. It's funny how just some little, some little tweaks can, can get you some serious momentum in your life. Now, I just want to give you some, some tweaks because there's some defining moments that need to shift us. And we need to shift. And one of the tweaks we need to make is we need to stop asking, what do I believe? And the tweet we need to make isn't, what do I believe? The tweet we need to make is, what does God's word say? As I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you believe, but it matters a whole lot what God's word says. And we got to find the word of God. And we've elevated what I believe over what God says. We got to tweet, okay, what, what do I want to do with my life? What do, what do I want to do? And I, there's some validity to that question, but can I give you a little tweak on that question? Not what do I want to do, what has God called me to do? What, what's God calling me to do? We ask the question, what, what in the world is going on right now? You ever just kind of back up and wonder that question? <laughs> what, what's going on? Can I give you a little tweak? Not what, what in the world is going on? Here's the tweak. What is God doing in the world right now? Because he's still active. He's still moving. He's still calling people. He's still building his kingdom. He's still advancing his plans. He's still working his will, his purpose. God's still doing those things. Just little tweaks to help clarify who we are and what God has us in the earth to do. And he's writing to people who are going through hard times. And, and no one, absolutely no one likes hard times. No, no one wants to go through hard times. But you know what everybody loves? Everybody loves the results of having gone through hard times. No, no, one, no one loves, you know, somebody working them out real hard when you're in athletics and sports. But everybody loves the results of having done the work. And, and we don't like... We don't like the fire. We don't like going through the fire. Maybe you do. I don't. I, like my prayer is like, God, don't send me in the fire. Like there's a song out like, purify me. And I'm like, Lord, just leave me alone. I don't, I just, I don't. We don't, we don't like fire, but we like coming out, come on, 24 karat gold on the other side of the fire. That's why I'm like, Lord, I'm good with bronze. Just leave me. That's, that's fine. But it's the fire it's the heat of, of the trials, of the displacements, of the, of the conflict between the world and the kingdom, between who the world is and who, between who God is calling me. It's standing in that moment. Come on, that's, that's refining. That's purifying. And God is, God is still doing his work. What's, what's the work that God is doing? God... God does things like this. God saves you. God extends his grace to you. God begins to break strongholds off of your life. God begins to call you by his mercy. By the, by the way, when God calls you to something, it's his mercy. It's not a burden. It's, it's not something that's difficult. It's the absolute mercy of God that he would put a call of God on your life. And then when he calls you, he empowers you by his spirit to fulfill your calling. And in and, and 1 Peter 2, Peter writes these two phrases. And, I, and like, wh where are we at right now? What should, what should we be doing? What is God doing? He says this. He says, we are built up 
to offer up. We're built up as a spiritual house so we can offer up spiritual sacrifices. So what is, what is he doing in, in, this, in this shifting moment, in this moment where crisis needs to create some clarity, where we need to get some information to bring some revelation and some understanding, he's identifying and clarifying purpose, that the purpose of your life and your salvation is to be a building block in the house of God. That's, that's the purpose of your life. That's the purpose of your salvation. And, and we're always looking for something that, that can fulfill us. We're always looking. You ever just thought, you know, when I get there, then, I, you know, that's going to be the place where I'm going to finally be settled and happy. When, you know, when you're young, it's like, man, when I get out of high school, when I graduate college, when I, when I get the degree, then it's when I get the job, then it's when I get married, then when I get the house, and then when I get the bigger house, and then when I hit, you know, whatever, whatever benchmarks, and, and, and then you're just constantly chasing something, but what you find out that when you get there, you're still the same person you were when you, and nothing ever, uh, nothing ever fills you, so we're always looking for some goal some place in life, some experience. I want to to introduce you to somebody today uh, because we're always looking for something. And and this this is my friend, uh, the the red Lego. Her name is, this is Sky with an I. And it's it's totes annoying because everybody calls her Ski. And she's like, no, stupid. It's Sky with an I. And, and Sky, Sky hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. It was the greatest day of her life. She dreamed of it since she was a small child. And now she could add links and she could tell people to swipe up. It was literally the greatest moment of her life. But Sky got disillusioned because it didn't fulfill everything that she thought it would fulfill. And so Sky went on a journey. And she started to just hang out in places that would inspire her, places where she could write, journal her thoughts, where she could try to manifest things in her life. By the way, you were not raised Pentecostal if you say manifest, because manifest meant something whole different, and like, you don't want to manifest. I just go caution you with that one. Okay, don't, don't manifest. We got safety that'll help you if you start manifesting, Okay. And no, no, no amazing environments and no leaning into herself helped her. So she tried to find the fulfillment in somebody that she could find in a relationship. So she found somebody with all the same issues and identity that she had. But he would take pictures of her so she could post to her 10,000 followers on Instagram. But the relationship didn't fill her fulfill her so she decided to take a little road trip and go go explore maybe searching different places and visiting the places of the world would help bring some purpose and meaning and fulfillment in her life but what she didn't realize is she wasn't searching for purpose because what she didn't realize was she was created for something and that was, she was created to be a part of something bigger than herself. Right. That's great. 
that she wasn't looking, you ready for this? She wasn't looking for purpose, she was a purpose. And why did Jesus come from, as so many people are searching, looking for purpose, why did Jesus come all the way from heaven to earth to, to, to give his life for you? It wasn't so that when he made the journey from heaven to earth that you would then have to go all around the world trying to find purpose. He came because you are the purpose, that you are the purpose, and being a part of God's house is the purpose of your life. Being planted in a house is my purpose, that God came into this world so that he could save me and put me where I belong, and that's in a relationship with him and a part of the kingdom of God. And I just want to tell you today, if you found a church and you found Jesus and you found a place that you don't have to go looking for purpose you are a purpose and you are a building block in the house of God and so many people are looking for what is right in front of them and that's just to be planted in God's house because we're built up to offer up God God puts you in his house and then he uses you he uses who you are to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Our purpose is to be planted. And God builds us up as a building block. And then what we do together is our offering. It's, it's what we give back to God. We're, we're built up to offer up. And I, I love this verse in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 7. It's talking about, because all of this that Peter is talking about is pulling from the Old Testament. We talked about it last week. He's talking about Solomon's temple, the building of Solomon's temple. And he, he, it's, he's referencing this. And so 1 Kings chapter 6, 7 tells us about the building of Solomon's temple. He said, when the house was built, it was with stone prepared at the quarry. So that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. Isn't that pretty amazing? All of the stones, when you've, when you've heard of Solomon's temple and the grandeur, it was a massive edifice. None of the stones were shaped at the building site. They were all shaped when they were dug out of where they came from at the quarry. That by the time that they got to the house they had already been shaped to fit exactly where they were supposed to go so there was no sound or hammer the stones were fashioned when they were dug out to be exactly what they needed to be and here's what I want you to understand is God God isn't shaping you once you get to his house God shaped you at the quarry he knew exactly who you needed to be Jeremiah 1 5 before I formed you in the womb I knew you and before you were born I consecrated you I appointed you prophet to the nations you know what he's telling Jeremiah like before you ever got to this place where I'm going to use you to build my house and advance my kingdom that I'm not shaping you now I shaped you before your parents ever knew your name I shaped you before your parents even knew you were coming into the world I already had an assignment for you I already had a calling for you I already had something for you and I need you to know this today that God isn't trying to make you into something. God has already made you into something. When you came into the world, 
You are already shaped at the quarry to be exactly who God called you to be. And there's so many people trying to be something. And God's like, I already shaped you, already made you, already called you to be exactly who you are. And I wonder sometimes if God isn't coming by his house thinking, why do I hear the sound of hammers? Why do I hear the sound of a chisel? Why do I hear people working so hard to fit in to where I've already exactly created them to be what they need to be to go where they need to be? Because God didn't make a mistake when he made you. And he's not asking you to become something you're not and he's not trying to shape you into something that you not you are not God knew exactly who you were and he shaped you at the quarry so that the day that you found Jesus you were already shaped to be the exact person and the exact thing that God needed in his house and God created you to be a building block in the house of God. And you were created to be exactly who God created you to be. And he didn't need you to be something else. He needed you to be the you that he created you to be. And he already, when he made you, he already had a spot in his house in mind. When he made you, there was already a place for you to fit into the kingdom of God. And so many people are working so hard and God's like, why do I hear power tools in my house when I've already done the work of shaping who I wanted you to be and you just need to accept who I created you to be because there's a place for who you are and you don't have to try to be like somebody else and you don't have to try to be something you're not because I didn't make a mistake when I called you and I appointed you for where you were going to go. So stop trying to work so hard to be what God has already done the work to do and that's to make you who you're supposed to be. And you're already shaped. And this is the work of the church. You ready for this? This is the ministry of the church. And so many people come to this thinking that they're supposed to be something, that I've got to build up to something. You know You know what the ministry of the church is? Is we just start breaking off all the stuff that isn't supposed to be on you. And so we get into church and we start saying, come on, you need to go to a freedom group because somebody needs to help you get those words of rejection off of your life. And you need to get on team because anxiety has been dominating your life and you've been brooding over stuff. And we just want to break the anxiety off of your life and you've been you've got some thoughts in your mind that are not biblical and they're toxic and they're killing your destiny and they're destroying your identity so we're just going to build you up with the word of God and we're going to get those toxic thoughts off of you and you've got some addiction in your life but by the power of the Holy Spirit addiction is coming off of your life and we're just going to start breaking off depression has to go in Jesus name and that attitude that everybody's put up with you're going to get on team and there's going to be a leader that's going to start leaning into that attitude and saying it's robbing you of your joy it's robbing you of your calling it's robbing you of your purpose and the enemy has a hold on your life but we're breaking all of that off because you are already we're trying to get to what God shaped at the quarry because who you are is enough so we're taking off all the expectations we're taking off all the false identity we're taking off all the things of the world and we're saying what God created you to be is exactly who you need to be and it is enough to find your place in God's house. Can I just tell somebody today, you are enough. God made you to be who you are. And God's not trying to make you something different. He's just trying to get all the crap off of you. So you can be what God actually made you to be. And it's not comfortable. It's not. It takes, sometimes it takes the crisis to create some clarity. But our church is systemized to do this. 
from, from growth track, what is growth track? Like, oh, it's a little membership class, you're gonna join a church. No, growth track is how you become a building block. Yeah. It's saying I was created not to find purpose, I was created to be a purpose. Right. And my purpose is to be in relationship with God and find my place in his body. So growth track is the place of planting. It's the place where we become a building block of the house of God, a living stone. Does this make sense, anybody? Yes. What, it matters whether or not you're part of a church. We, we, don't, we don't treat church like it's something we consume and we're gonna leave a Yelp review over whether or not we liked it. This is the house of God. This is not Applebee's. We don't get mad at Applebee's and go to chill. That's not how we treat the house of God. This is the eternal house of God. And we put down roots and we deal with other people's attitudes and we let them deal with our attitudes because what we are doing in this house is eternal and we are building blocks in the house of God. That's growth track. We have freedom groups because there's all this stuff on you that you think is a part of you, but it's actually not what God created you to be. There's thoughts you've had so long, they feel like your thoughts, but they were actually thoughts the enemy sowed into your life. And we're going to take, that's, we start taking those off of you. Why do you need to join a serve team? Because you, you need to be shaped. You, you, need, you need somebody to help deal with some of the, the stuff that's on you and help you realize that you're a building block and that you're being built up to offer up. So what you do isn't your purpose. That's your calling. Who you are is a purpose. So being planted in God's house and in relationship with him, worshiping, that's, that's my purpose. And what I do then is my act of worship to God. That's my offering. Does this make sense? That God is building me up. He's saving me. He's giving his grace. He's, he's breaking strongholds in my life. And, and God is building me up so I can offer up. So then what do I do? Which is always the question. Like there are people seeking the almighty God. Like what should I do? Okay, Romans 12, 6 says this. In his grace. How many of you know God is a God of grace? In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. What am I supposed to do? What do you do well? What are you effective at? What has God given you a grace to do? And there are people who, who, who make this a much bigger deal than it is. It's like, God, almighty God, what should I do? What, dear God, speak in thunder and lightning and tell me, should I serve in the parking lot and park cars or should I put butts in seats? And God's like, just freaking pick one. You can do, I put you here by my grace and mercy. I saved you and I put you here not to put a burden on you, but to bring out of you everything that I gifted you with when I created you 
so go enjoy serving in my kingdom and living for me. And when you do it, I'm going to pour the blessing on your life. Does this make sense, anybody? Like, what do you do well? What, what, what are you able to do? What do you have in your hand? Because your worship is your work. Like, whatever it is that you do, God says, I'll receive it as worship. You're serving, you're giving, your faithfulness, the songs that we sing, the prayers that we pray, the gifts and talents. The, well, I don't have a lot of finances. Just give God the first. That's what he's after. It's, it's all worship to God and your worship is your work because God uses what you have and he uses who you are to build his kingdom because at the end of the day, it's not about what you do. It is what God does through you that matters. And so many people are trying to figure out like, what do I do? And God's like, hey, who are you? And what do you have? If you will just give it to me, I will build you up and I will use your offering to do more than you could possibly imagine. That's why Moses was on the backside of the wilderness and God came to him and said, what do you have in your hand? And Moses is like, I've got a shepherd's staff. And God is like, I'm gonna use that shepherd's staff and what you have in your hand, I'm gonna call it the rod of God. And I'm gonna part red seas with it. And I'm gonna bring Pharaoh to his knees with it and I'm going to take what you have in your hand but God but God I stutter and God's like but I didn't stutter when I called you because I know what I created you to be before you ever came into this world that's why your name is Moses because I drew you out of what you were in and you've got to realize that today you are here by the grace and power of God and all he needs you to do is just be a building block in his house give you what you have give him what you have in your hand and God will use it to build his kingdom in this world. That is literally the purpose and calling of God on your life. How do we build the church? Right now, I think we need to close the gap between what we say and what we do. There's a lot of people who say they're Christians, but they don't do what Christians do. And we need to close the gap between confession and calling. If you call yourself a Christian, you need to lean into your calling. You're called to be a building block and you're called to to offer up. And you've got to understand all of these things that we do, it is not just something that we do to pass time. These are sacrifices of worship that we offer to God. And confession isn't as important. In fact, it's, it's, it's extremely important because there's a lot of people who, who have confused the, the operating system of the world with the operating system of the kingdom of God and they've gotten the wrong confession. And it is important to confess the right thing, but I would also tell you that your calling is important because that is what you do. We have to walk out the confession. And right now I want to I call Christians. Is does your calling match your confession? You say you have faith in Jesus. You say you believe that Jesus went to a cross and gave his life for you. That's your confession. Is your calling really giving your life back to him? We got we to close the gap between what we say and what we do. Because the Bible is reminding us of something. And I think for a lot of people, we're getting clarity right now. That the church isn't losing ground, it's gaining identity. That you were never meant to fit into the world anyway. That the reason why you're rejected by the world is because the world rejected Jesus But by the way, Jesus is the chief cornerstone (laughs) because he was accepted by God. So you've got to know that your place in this world is firm because you ready? You are a chosen generation. You're a holy, you're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's own special people to proclaim the praises of God. We got to close the gap because crisis creates clarity.
you are the people of God. And your purpose on the earth is to show the glory of God. Ephesians 3.10, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The church is the display of God's wisdom. Do you know what's happening today? That as we, as we gather, when we could be anywhere else in the world, we're here to worship Jesus. We're here to be together. We're here to build the church. And every, every one of us is a building block in the house of God. Every one of us is a living stone. And that's sometimes all we see. It's like, man, I'm going to fill my place. I'm going to step in. And God's going to use who I am. I don't have to be anybody else. I can just be me. I can be the me God created me to be. That's enough. And we're like, okay, I found my place. But can I just give you a little more information about what is happening today? God is talking to all the unseen, according to Paul, all the unseen principalities and powers. And I would assume that is Satan, that is all of his little minions. And he is saying, I want you to go... I'm going to get messed up. I want you to go look at my church today because you see her. You see her. You tried to ruin her life with addiction. You tried to take her out with addiction. But my, by grace and my power, I set her free. And today she's a building block in the house of God. You see him. You tried to take him out in the divorce. And you tried to kill his purpose. And you tried to destroy him. But I want you to go and buy the church because I want you to see him with hands lifted today. He is a building block in the house of God. You see her. You tried to take her out with depression. And you tried to take her out with anxiety. But I spoke peace over her and I brought joy into her life and now she's planted in the house of God and now she's a building block in God's house and I just want to tell you today you are the display of the wisdom and the grace and the power of God and every unseen principality and power has to come here and realize that they are watching God build his kingdom with people that they tried to destroy and today you are a building block in the house of God. Come on, give God some praise today. Come on, stand on your feet all across the room. Give Jesus some praise. I, I want to extend, I want to I get really applicable for a moment. I want to extend some invitations. The first is growth track, step three. We do three steps, but it doesn't, the order doesn't matter. You just jump in whenever the opportunity is available. So growth track step three is today. And we do it during the 11:15 service. So you can just hang out for a few minutes and go to growth track. Every Christian needs to close the gap between confession, between confession and calling. And you need to find your purpose. And your purpose is to be a living stone in the house of God. It's to be a building block. That church is God's plan. It's God's calling. It's God's purpose. And we find our purpose by stepping into God's purpose. So you have an opportunity today to become a building block in God's house. That through Growth Track, we help people find their place. So we get planted and then we start doing something. What do we do? I don't know. What has God graced you to do? Go do it doesn't matter how big or how small there's nothing unimportant in the kingdom of God you go do it and God's like I love I love that worship I'm just parking cars no that's worship to me I'm just I'm just holding some babies no 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 that's that's worship to me 
I'm just running a camera. I'm just changing some lights. No, you're creating an atmosphere for people to encounter my presence. That is absolute worship to me. Come on. We're, we're built up to offer it. Built up to offer it. And all of it, all of it begins by just simply finding your purpose. Okay, where do I need, what coffee shop do I need to go? We'll go find Sky with an eye. We're going to get a Mini Cooper. We're going to do Highway 1 in California. You don't have to go find purpose. You are the purpose. And you don't have to come. You don't have to go find it. Are you ready for this? Because Jesus just stepped into this room to find you. He came to seek and to save that what was lost. Jesus is going to find some people in this room today. Your purpose is to have a relationship with Jesus. Your purpose is to find your place in his family. And today I want to pray for people that have never began a relationship, never, never felt the purpose. This is the great news. You, know, you don't have to go to another continent. You don't have to go searching anguished in your soul Jesus came listen my purpose isn't to preach this is my calling my purpose is when I leave this stage and I find a quiet place and I get on my knees and I talk to my father that's my purpose it's to be in relationship with him you can't get those two things confused that's why people come to church they don't have a relationship with Jesus and I thought, I got, thought going to church would help me. No, a relationship with Jesus will help you. Like that's, that's the purpose. We get it confused because we're all around it. But come on, today I want you to begin a relationship, a genuine relationship with Jesus. If you've never gotten the right confession, maybe some of us need to work on our calling. Today we're going to, right now we're going to work on our confession. Our confession is Jesus is Lord. And that I was put on this earth to have a relationship with him. If you've never begun a relationship or maybe today you've moved away, like you started looking for something and you realize in this moment that there is nothing outside of Jesus. Nothing outside of Jesus. Come on, can we believe that today is a coming home moment for you? All across this room, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to give you the words, but this, this prayer needs to come from your heart with your faith. You can, you can have my words, but God needs your heart. You can have my words, but God needs your faith in this moment. Today, come on, if you need to begin a relationship or you need to recommit your life to Jesus, would you just say this simple prayer? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my past. Wash away my sin. Make me a new person. Today I receive you as my leader and my Lord, and I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise in the room today. Come on, give Jesus some praise. Come on, if if you just prayed that prayer with me and you're confessing Jesus as Lord, He's the leader of your life, decided to follow Jesus. I want to count to three. If that's your confession today, and you just made that your confession, this is your day to follow Jesus or recommit your life. When I get to three, will you just raise your hand and say, Jason, today I'm making that my confession. Come on, you ready? I believe somebody's going forward in their life today. Somebody's making a decision today.
the count of three, let's go. One, two, if that was you, three, would you just raise your hand? Yeah. Let's say welcome to the family of God. Hey, thank you for joining us, and a special thank you to those of you who give so faithfully and generously to this church. It's because of people like you that podcasts like this are possible. And you can click the link in the description to give now, or you can visit mycoastlifechurch.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we'd love it if you subscribed, share it with your friends. So thank you for listening, and God bless you.